Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go to the minds of people living in New York City. Since I'm a native who was born and raised in a city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's dive into these confessions of people I know and people I just met. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the City Confessions. I hope you guys are all doing well and I can't believe it's already September, but it's fine because I have um, great guests still coming on. So today, let's all welcome Annalisa Gartner. She's a CEO and founder of Apto Media, which is a creative marketing agency and is based in New York City, but they serve clients everywhere. So, hi, Annalisa. How are you? I'm great. Uh, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm so excited. Yes, it's going to be a good one. I have a feeling. So, why don't we, I mean, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us who you are, what you do, and your relationship with New York City. Yeah, definitely. So, hi, my name is Annalise. I was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts, and moved to New York City in 2011. I am the founder and CEO of a creative marketing agency called Apto Media. Um, sorry, what was the other thing? <laughs> oh, what is your relationship with New York City? So, ever since you came here, did you are you living here currently, or what's the deal? Yeah, so my relationship with New York City, uh, I call it a love-hate relationship, let's say. And so, like I said, I moved to New York City in 2011. I had big dreams of moving to the city. I went to school in the city at Pace University in the financial district, and I moved actually outside of the city before the pandemic had started, so about a year and a half ago mainly oh, to okay. kind of get some fresh air, kind of take a break from it, see what I uh, wanted to do. And I was actually supposed to move back to the city in March, right before the pandemic. So my boyfriend and I, we were looking at places, kind of seeing what neighborhood we wanted to settle in. And I mean, luckily or unlucky, the pandemic hit. And so we stayed in the suburbs. Um, we're about an hour outside the city. Okay, so where exactly, like upstate or Long Island? or Yeah, so we're in Brewster, which is on the uh, New York-Connecticut border. Uh, so, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, you know, it's suburbia, um, and it's the first time I've actually ever lived in suburbia, which is funny. Um, like I said, I'm born and raised in Boston, so I kind of city hop, um, I like to say, but this is my first time that I'm, like, truly a suburban girl now. <laughs> Girl, I feel you. I mean, this is weird coming from my mouth, but I'm a bit jealous because yeah. like I told you, I grew, grew up in the Lower East Side, so also mm -hmm. heart of the city, very vibrant and upbeat neighborhood. And I live in Brooklyn now. Um, I never thought I'd be a Brooklyn girl, mm -hmm. and but I've been experiencing more of the suburbs, just like many getaways, or I'll visit my roommate in Long Island. And I think it's definitely due to the pandemic, but I'm, or that I'm getting older, Yeah. <laughs> but I'm realizing like, oh my God, this is kind of nice. Like yeah. I like this. And that to me, is just, it was so, that concept was so foreign to me, like growing up. 
Yeah, no, so, I, yeah. I same thing. And I, I have a new saying now that I never say never, uh, because one of my things I said, even in my early 20s was, oh, I would never leave the city, or I would never move to Brooklyn, or I would never move to the suburbs. <laughs> and I did all three. So <laughs> I yeah. have to take never out of my vocabulary now. <laughs> For sure. I also think it just goes to show how much can change, right? And Mm -hmm. in a year, in a month, and like nowadays in a week. And I'm also used to be the type to be such a planner. Like Mm -hmm. I love having my schedule, not only, you know, to do tasks, but like in the weekends, I always wanted to know what I was doing and Mm -hmm. never wanted to be home. And now, again, due to the pandemic, I'm learning to go with the flow because sometimes I feel like making plans like next weekend is way too in advance. Like yep. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to feel. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. They're going to change in a matter of hours. I feel at this point, just because of the pandemic and, you know, friends and family, and we're all in different places at this point, but we're all stuck at home still. So yeah, definitely. It. I mean, even my plans have changed. Like I said, we were looking to move back to uh, the city in early March and March 16th mm-hmm. came around and everything shut down. So quickly our plans changed to where we were like, okay, I think we should stay in suburbia for a little bit longer. Um, And so now we're looking actually at houses and we're looking at that next opportunity to kind of settle out here. Um, But still, I mean, we still go to the city quite often. We still have photo shoots and video shoots and we still have clients in the city. So it's not that I'll leave the city forever, but I think my home base will kind of turn to suburbia. Yeah, and the city is, like you said, it's always here. So it's mm-hmm. not a decision where it's, you know, you're permanently never, you know, it's not like you're turning your back on New York City. <laughs> exactly, and I think that's a huge misconception that people are kind of, mm-hmm. not shaming, but they're kind of looking at people that are leaving the city as like, oh, you left New York and, you know, it's a horrible thing for you to do. But at the same time, the city is not going away. Yes, it's changing mm-hmm. right now because of everything going on, but... The city will always be there. We can always go back to it. Um, I mean, for us, we're an hour, hour and a half outside the city. So it's really not that bad. And there's not that much traffic these days. So it's great. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Okay, so tell me more about Aptel Media. And where in Brooklyn did you live? Oh boy, I've lived everywhere. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I feel I feel in the city and city and then Brooklyn. So um, I moved to the Lower East Side, actually, same as you. When oh, I, nice. Yeah, that was my mm-hmm. first place. I was 18 years old. Uh, back to the Craigslist days, I found a Craigslist posting, mm-hmm. and I mean, my room was very tiny that I lived in. But at that point, I didn't care. I was in New York mm-hmm. City. I was on my own. I was following my dreams at the time. And uh, so, yeah, I lived in the Lower East Side. And then when I went to school at Pace University, I did dorm life for the first year. And then dorm life at Pace University became very expensive. And you start doing the math and you're like, okay, I'm living in a concrete box with two other people and I could actually be having my own apartment. So I moved in with two great friends uh, my second year of college and we lived in South Street Seaport. Uh, which was a great oh, experience. Another great neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I, I loved it down there. However, uh, it was the same year that Sandy uh, had happened. Oh. So um, it was good though. We, I mean, we made the best of it. And, you know, during the time of Sandy, we were actually able to travel around to our different parents' homes and everything around New England. So that was great. Um, and then I'm trying to think my junior year, I actually moved to Paris. I studied abroad for a year. Uh, nice. So again, back to that city jumping, hopping situation that I was doing. Um, Do you and, speak French? 
Um, okay, so I, <laughs> I, when I was there, um, and even after, I was definitely more on the fluent level. I'd say I'm mm-hmm. conversational now, so I can get by. Um, I went to the last time I went to France was about three or four years ago, and I got by, but there was definitely like hiccups where I was like, okay, my tenses are kind of getting confused now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I moved to Paris for the year, um, my junior year of college, and then my senior year, I moved back and lived in the financial district, and. Uh, I love the financial district. I think it's definitely got its charm and its perks and everything. It's definitely changed now with everything going on. But um, that to me is like where my heart and soul is of the city. Um, Just because my school was there, a lot of my friends live there. um, And, you know, South Street Seaport is an amazing neighborhood too. And it's been built up so much since Mm -hmm. I even lived there. Um, And then then uh, my, I met my boyfriend and we were in the point of, you know, New York City of, okay, we're sleeping at two different places, but we're paying ignorant. <laughs> That's like, literally the common, the common like reason or like being it is it is and it's and it's interesting because you know you don't want to move in for those reasons but at some Mm -hmm. point you're like okay we're paying double the amount of groceries Mm -hmm. we're paying double the amount of rent at this point let's just move in together so he had a place um in brooklyn more toward coney island actually and so we moved in there because we had a big space um the rent was a lot cheaper And the commute was tough, though. I'm not going to lie, because I had to commute. Um, I worked corporate for three years, so I had to commute every day, um, an hour uh, each way, I'd say, Um, especially with the trains. The F line is, you know, a torture chamber at some point. That's (laughs) Uh, also my train, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love the F line, but it's, you know, it has its blessings and its curses as well. So I lived there, and then we moved to Bushwick, and I loved Bushwick. That's Um, where I Oh, what um, what stop I'm are you off Re- of? I'm by Roberta's. Okay. Again. Yeah, we were. I'm trying to think now. I can't remember what stop we were off of. Um, off the L line, but um, we were off the L line, and it was a great. I loved Bushwick. You know, there was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of. It was a neighborhood that was changing, so a lot of new bars mm-hmm. and restaurants were opening. Um, and then we got to a point where we kind of looked at each other and we're like, you know, we can move somewhere else. Like let, let's see what else is out there. And so my boyfriend and I, we actually decided to pack everything up and move for seven months to Thailand. Um, so oh my we, God, that's yes, a dream. <laughs> it was, it was a dream. It definitely was. Um, and we taught English there part-time to kind of get our visa. And so that experience in itself was amazing, you know, learning the different cultures and learning from Thai kids and just, you know, kids themselves being so eager to learn English. And so they thought it was the coolest thing that I came from New York City. So kind of getting their attention there was great. And then when we came back, that's when we started the hunt of, okay, what do we want to do? Do we want to move to New York, back to the city? Or do we want to kind of stay in suburbia? So that was where our you know journey went. And so I'm trying to think. So then um, during all of this moving and everything, um, I started Aptomedia in January, 2018. And I was working corporate at NBC Universal, so Rockefeller Center right there. And it was a great company that I worked with. I had a great team. I was in the sports division. Um, you know, I was doing uh, TV advertising um, sales as well as marketing. And so it was, again, it was a great experience. It's a big company. And at some point I felt that I needed to go out on my own. Uh, so I started Apto, like I said, in January, 2018. And the company originally started actually as a video marketing company. Um, I started watching YouTube videos. I started learning from other videographers and really fell in love with video. 
And then um, about a year ago, our clients kept coming to us saying, you know, we know you can do this. We know you can do marketing. We know you can do social media. Can you just do it? Because at some point they got really tired of going to four or five different freelancers and they just wanted one company to go to. So about a year ago, we, cre- uh, we transformed into the creative marketing agency that it is today. And we offer brand design and strategy, meaning, you know, a new business or you're looking to redesign your business. You can come to us to do logo design, website design and brand strategy. That way we can really make sure that your brand is seen and heard by your audience. Um, and then we offer marketing solution packages. So social media content and creation, um, graphic design, email marketing, all that good stuff. And then the last thing that we offer is our production services, still uh, photography and videography. So it's definitely come full circle to say the least. Wow, that's amazing. What is the uh, meaning behind Aptil? Yeah, so it's funny because my my name is Annalise and my boyfriend who works with me on the, he's the co-founder of the company. His name is Pat. So people always think like Annalise, Pat, technology, something, but no, it's actually a Latin word um, that we kind of looked in the Latin dictionary and it means to adapt and grow. So that's our main messaging behind everything that we do is we focus on the strategy behind your business. And so we're here to adapt uh, the strategy and then grow it within your marketplace. So that's so awesome. So you guys both work um, on this business full time? Yeah, we do. So I originally took it over full time first. Um, he was still, he was a real estate agent. So he was working in the real estate market um, as well as doing photography on the side and helping me when he could. And then when we transitioned the company into a creative marketing agency, he came on full time. So, you know, everything underneath the uh-huh. sun, we're doing and it then, all together. Well, this happened in 2018 correct correct yeah we started okay. after so in 2018 guess, um has the work dynamic changed due to the pandemic or has it been pretty much similar since i'm assuming you guys were working from home anyways correct Correct. Yeah, we were working from home. Um, I was still taking in-person meetings. It's interesting. I never even thought at the time to do like a video meeting. I would always make sure that I was in person with my clients, make sure that I was, you know, showing my face and hearing what they needed, to, uh, what needed to be done in person. And then with the pandemic, we started doing everything over video. And I kept saying like, wow, why didn't I do this before? It's taken me so, you know, I, I've added so many more hours to my day because I'm not traveling to the meeting. I'm not coordinating. I'm not doing anything of that sort that I can literally jump on a Zoom call and Mm -hmm. I'm right there in front of them. Got it. And then I know that you guys have freelancers who are working for you. How did you scout them out? Yeah, so we have a great group of freelancers. Um, I've used either my personal connections of knowing people or um there's a great facebook group called freelancing females and that's where i've actually found the majority of our freelancers uh either you know we've kind of needed freelancers at certain times and then you know with a specific project so the biggest thing why we brought freelancers on is i would like to say i can do it all but i can't at the end of the day and so i needed also some fresh eyes with some strategies with different clients and kind of bringing those ideas and thoughts into place And so we work very collaboratively with our freelancers in the fact that I'm almost the project manager. And then we kind of look to them to kind of give us, 
new ideas or fresh ideas and kind of bring them to life for our clients so that again I can say I can do it all but Got there's it. no way I can I know that when starting a business it's really hard to get clients I mean at least that's just the the you know common problem I guess but did you find this as an issue mm-hmm. or was it pretty easy knowing I don't mean I don't know what your method was but was it through word of mouth did you already have people coming to you prior to actually launching this like walk me through the beginning process of basically getting your name out there yeah definitely so I started as a side hustle I'd like to say um the September before I ended up quitting so September 2017 And so I started as a side hustle, just kind of getting clients here and there using my internal network, um, you know, calling my mom. Hey, mom, do you have anyone that would want a video project? Um, Because she she owns her own business as well. So kind of I used my internal network at first. And then once I was able to really go full time with the company, I that's when the Facebook groups came in. That's when the in-person networking events came in. Um, there's a great uh, female networking group called uh, Six Degree Society. Uh, they're female and male, of course, but female focused. And uh, they have helped me with my business um, a lot when it comes to networking and meeting the right type of women and also learning about you know how to run a business in general. So my biggest suggestion if you're starting a business is to first use your in-person network. And then if you know once you get around that, then you can start networking and reaching out to potential clients. And once you have kind of a portfolio underneath you. And looking back at your journey, um, when have you felt the most proud? I would say when I actually first started the company is when I was most proud. Um, I definitely felt a lot of internal pressure to kind of keep in the corporate realm. Um, you know, whether that was from my parents, friends, family, everything, Um, you know, when you graduate college, you're taught go to corporate. And I definitely suggest everyone actually go to corporate, go to the corporate world or work for another company at first, because you can learn the ins and outs of the company. You can learn, you know, how to write an email. You're not taught that in in college at all. Uh, So you learn how to deal with clients and again, under another company, which is a great idea. And then you kind of get to the realm of, okay, I need to kind of go out on my own. No, I agree. I mean, I kind of did the same thing. I worked for a company and then obviously I'm, you know, on my own now. And I feel like once you make that transition, it is almost impossible to go back. Yeah, I've had, you know, thoughts where, you know, it'd be, you get to a point where you're like, oh, it'd be Mm -hmm. so much easier just to work for someone. Um, But I think about it and I'm like, I know myself and I just know I wouldn't like working for someone right now. I'm still in the passion of my business. I still love all the clients I work with. I still love working with small businesses and really, you know, pushing them forward and growing them Um, and seeing the results and seeing their success. That's what kind of gets me up every morning and kind of keeps me going with this business. Um, So yeah, the most, like, from before is the most proud moment I'd say is honestly when I put my two weeks into my corporate job it was me trusting it was me trusting myself and saying I have an idea I know this business can work and it was interesting because I came from such a corporate I mean NBC is a huge corporate company and the support that I received from my coworkers and managers and stuff was it was unbelievable like every single person never doubted me they never said oh that's you know I was how old was I? I was 23 or 24 at the time. 
And, you know, I was young to open my own company and everything, but there was not one manager, not one VP that said, oh, that's a dumb idea. If anything, they said, wow, congratulations Mm. that you're taking the leap and Mm -hmm. going forward on your own. That's good, though, that they were supportive. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at Mm -hmm. the portfolio of clients, and I actually know Catherine from Kikina Giving Beauty. Yeah. Stop. That's so funny. Oh, I love her. She was a yeah, great I've client to work with. Some, she, I think it was, she had PR, like this, the woman that I know handles her mm-hmm. PR. That's how I met her. And she's so lovely. And have you tried their products? Because they're amazing. I have. I actually still use their facial lotion, their eye cream. I'm a proud oh my supporter God. I haven't of tried those. I've tried her brand. <laughs> um and the face oil mm-hmm. yes have you yes. tried I mean, the argon like oil and i love, I love that and all that so mm-hmm. yeah i was like oh my god that's so cool because they are a uh, family owned and they are a small business but i think mm-hmm. they're just doing such an amazing job and i think their their products are like such high quality so they definitely are and even i met her husband and my boyfriend and i we worked on the project together with mm-hmm. um both of them and yeah, it was it was a great experience working for them, and that's exactly mm. the type of client we're looking for and working with is someone that you know family owned really loves the business they're working mm-hmm. for and wants to see it grow. So, I'm interested to ask who is the woman because I think I know who Amy. you're talking about with the PR uh, woman. Oh, Amy. Okay, I was thinking they worked with another woman um, that what I know. What was her then. name? Uh, so know? I was like, wait a minute, is it the same woman? Yeah, no, um, Aggie, Aggie and Amy are in the same team. <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god that's so funny so yeah i i know aggie i met her actually at that women's networking event or group i was talking to you about so yeah it's again it's so funny full circle we all know each other in new york city uh, later uh yeah i'm really close to her they're all they're both super sweet so they do a lot of projects together so it's really interesting and i think i think that's the beauty of new york as well there are times when i meet people and or even like the, like guests, and I you know I never met them in person, but I tell them like I bet we mm-hmm. have something like somebody that we know, you know, something in common because this, yeah. especially because we're all somewhat in the same industry, you know, just like digital marketing, mm-hmm. and it's really big, but it's also really small. <laughs> it is, but yeah, there have been just as you said, you know, there have been people that I've met and all of a sudden they say someone that I may know and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been friends with them <laughs> yeah. for years. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's insane that yeah. again, it's just full circle that, you know, New York City is such a big place, but then at the same time, you can really meet the people mm-hmm. um, that you want to, as well as, you know, we all yeah, know each other at the end of the day. So, so I want to shift gears mm-hmm. a little bit and I always ask my guests, what keeps you up at night? And this can mean uh, physically or metaphorically. I think this year, if anything, a lot of us have been feeling, you know, very stressful, very overwhelmed. But you specifically, like Mm -hmm. right in this moment, um, what is keeping you up at night? And this can be related to Apto Media, something personal, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, definitely. So I think the biggest thing that keeps me up at night is uh, with business is definitely growing the company and seeing where I can take it. You know, at the end of the day, small businesses are hurting right now. Um, Unfortunately, there was a New York Times article that I read that said something like one third of small businesses in New York City won't be able to come back because of this. 
Um, and it's really unfortunate, really sad for me, especially since my passion is growing small businesses. So I'd say the biggest thing that's keeping me up at night is figuring out a way to keep the momentum going with small businesses and figuring out how to help them within their budget. Um, you know, if you're not able to uh, hire a full-time marketing agency right now, you know, in what other ways can I help you? Uh, because I hate to see small businesses fail, especially small businesses that have such a passion for their industry and their customers and their clients. And it's just, it's really sad to see that something that was completely out of our control is kind of taking over and, you know, taking hold of these small businesses mm -hmm. that just can't come Yeah, back. I know. It's really tough. There are some businesses that I know myself um, or, I, or I've grown up with and I and they couldn't make it. And it's like so heartbreaking because you feel yeah. a sense of loyalty and just knowing mm -hmm. that they couldn't survive is, I don't know, it's it's hard. It's hard. And specifically there was, we worked with actually a lot of restaurants mm -hmm. in Boston. Um, we have clients mainly in New York and Boston. And so there's one restaurant in particular that we worked with that I loved, like their food was amazing. They were in an up and coming neighborhood and they just couldn't come back. And I recently met with the owner and I sat down and was like, can I help you mm -hmm. in any way, shape or form? Like, what can I do to help support you guys? Like, please don't close. And they were just, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately it comes to a point where they have to make the tough decisions and yeah it's really unfortunate that again this was something that was completely out of our control and some industries are hurting more than others and the industries that are hurting are the ones that we I mean that's where I'm like what can I do to support you what can I do to help so it's just hopefully they'll mm -hmm. come back and things will change but right now it's again for me I'm trying to figure out the best way um, to still give support to these mm -hmm. small businesses that I can help and given the pandemic have your I guess, work, I don't want to say approach, but has that changed at all? I'd say definitely. So when the pandemic had hit and everything kind of had stopped, uh, we got many calls from different clients saying, you know, mm, we have to put mm -hmm. you on hold because obviously they have to pay their own people before the marketing agency. However, I'm, I, you know, me, I was saying, stop, you can't, not stop marketing mm. now this is the time mm -hmm. to kind of get your voice up and get your voice heard but of course at the end of the day budgets need to be cut um so, I just I'm sorry what know, was the question uh, <laughs> I like, could have paused uh, yeah because I even my own work has been affected so I guess in mm -hmm. in all transparency like basically have you been given like discounts or just like trying to work with the times like how are you how has that shifted yeah. in terms of how you worked before and how you're working now? Definitely. Uh, specifically with our marketing packages, um, kind of the ongoing service that we offer for clients. We originally were offering, you know, big marketing packages. We take over everything. We do it for you. And so now a lot of small businesses have more time on their hands and they don't necessarily need someone to kind of take over. Mm -hmm. They can kind of do it themselves. And that's where I started thinking, okay, People still need marketing. They still need to know how to do it. But where can I come in to kind of help them, you know, achieve their goals still? So we've switched packages a little bit. There is a new package that we offer called VIP Marketer Day, uh, which essentially I work one-on-one -on -one with uh, different 
small businesses in order to give them a full marketing strategy um, that they can do themselves, but that they have a step-by-step plan of how to do it. Um, So instead of them sitting at their computer and Googling, you know, what marketing strategies should I do and what'll work for my business? um, We give them the tools to kind of say, okay, this is what will work for your business. This is what you should write each day. This is, you know, the email that you should be sending to your clients. Uh, So it really gives them a roadmap to success. And I'm curious to know, has there ever been, well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if this is like an appropriate question. Like, I don't want to be an unhappy client. I just know that sometimes, even from my own experience, clients have these unrealistic expectations about wanting instant growth, instant sales. So obviously Mm -hmm. there needs to be a conversation about managing expectations and almost educating them on the space. But I guess, yeah, in Mm -hmm. terms of your own experience, how have you been maneuvering through through what they want and understanding that results take Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, definitely. I think when, when we first work with any client and we're talking about signing them on and everything, we have a very honest conversation with them and say, okay, we will do the work and the legwork to get your marketing, you know, to grow your business and everything, but you've got to be there Mm -hmm. as well. This isn't a situation where you can just kind of let your hands go and throw them up in the air and say, okay, there's a marketing agency doing everything. I don't have to do anything. Absolutely not. It still takes um, the networking. It still takes you pushing the company out. It still takes, you know, everything that you're doing for the company to kind of keep growing the marketing. So Marketing, we always say there is no guarantee at it. You know, there are even big companies have seen marketing campaigns that completely flop just because either the research is incorrect or they didn't take the time to really research the target market or their ideal client or anything like that. So we definitely have honest conversations with our clients and saying, you know, these are the realist, the, these are the realities of marketing. It will work, but you have to be one patient and you have to two work with us um, because at the end of the day, Let's say, for an example, a client switches up gears and offers a new service, but they don't tell us. Well, how are we supposed to tell your clients or your customers, oh, there's a new product on the market or there's a new service if you've never told us? Um, but still, you know, working with a marketing agency can definitely have its benefits um, to where we have all eyes in the marketing world. So we know what your competitors are doing. We know what's working. We know what's not working. Um, and that's where hiring a marketing agency does come into play and does benefit a small business. Um, But again, we set very realistic expectations to say, it's going to take time, you have to be patient, and you have to work with us. That makes so much sense. And I think you put you said a really good point that I think I should take away as well. Because I feel like sometimes when when you get approached, you often feel like you carry a lot of the, the workload. And it's true, though, it's not Mm -hmm. just a one sided thing they are running the company as well and they have responsibilities and roles aside from you know what you're hired for and it's really important to mm-hmm. shed light on that before moving forward so yeah i think that's a really good good point to to just uh know beforehand definitely and i feel a lot of small businesses there's been a couple of small businesses that have come to us and they've said oh, we've worked with a marketing agency before and they, you know, gave us all these high expectations and told us we were going to make like $100,000 in sales and stuff. 
if a marketing agency is promising you either a specific sales yeah, number, no. a specific <laughs> impression, reach number, anything mm-hmm. like that, there's something wrong. Like that's when the red flags need to kind of go up in the air and light bulbs need to go off in your head because something is wrong if a marketing yeah. agency is promising you, you know, goals that right now mm-hmm. seem very sure. unattainable. So with this podcast, it's called The City Confessions and I basically mm-hmm. started this podcast because as a native New Yorker, I know that I meet so many people and, you know, pre-COVID, I was always on the train. I was always just on the go. And I just had a moment. I had to take a step back and just was so appreciative of the city and the diversity. And just, it truly is a melting pot of people with different walks of life and backgrounds and stories. And I was really fascinated by that. And I wanted to just create a platform where we can all talk about our own stories mm-hmm. because we all have one. I think it's all important and they're all valid. So with that being said, though, I also believe that everybody has a confession. It's kind of like a fun thing that I wanted to, you know, just hone in on. So if you were to share mm-hmm. a confession, what would that be? And I just want to have a disclaimer and say that it doesn't have to be serious. It can be surface level, anything silly, anything that, again, you're comfortable with. I'm trying I know. To I feel like confession. when I ask this, people are like, I have no idea what <laughs> I'm like, about. Hmm. But basically, I, I say I right. questions. Like, think about something that, it can be like a fun fact, you know? It can be something that people wouldn't expect from you or of you or a misconception people have about you or something that you think that people mm-hmm. don't know about you, but should know, you know, it's just like any, yeah, any, of yeah. anything from that, <laughs> that category. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think, Yeah, yeah can I give course. a couple examples just, and you can pick the best one of which one. So um, I'd say the first thing is that when I lived in the city, I didn't sleep, I'd say. So I, you know, it's the city that never sleeps. And I fully embodied that. And people always thought that I had, you know, my mm. shit together. And in reality, I was running around with my head chopped off, just running in different directions, uptown, downtown, everything. Um, but that was honestly how I got the most experiences and, you know, was able to meet so many people and, all that kind of good stuff. So, okay, that's mm-hmm. one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, do you have like an example yeah, that like someone this girl was like, has said I previously? Really hate hugs. <laughs> and it was so funny. Oh, <laughs> we recorded in my apartment. That's so like, funny. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Did I make you feel awkward? Because I'm a hugger. And she was like, Yeah, it's <laughs> right. Like, I'm so sorry. And then. I've oh my gosh, there. that's like, so funny. Once actually were, you know, that they have like imposter syndrome or they're not as confident as mm-hmm. they seem or basically what you said, they don't have their shit together. And I, it's funny because when people tell me that, I'm like, not that it's not a confession, it clearly is, but it's almost like nobody has their shit together. It was like a realization that we're all right. faking it, you know? <laughs> hmm. I know at some point, Yeah, I think I like that example, the one that I gave with, we just don't have our shit together. Um, And it's, it's kind of to that, not imposter syndrome, but it's kind of that thing where 
you look at other people and you look at their lives, and especially in New York City, and you say, wow, they have, they're doing so much and they're making so much money or they're doing so many things. And again, in reality, like my heel broke the <laughs> night before, I'm hobbling around the street right now and I've got an interview mm-hmm. in five minutes with a new client. So that's great. I've got to run into <laughs> Macy's to go grab new shoes, uh, which has happened to me before. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's the city that never sleeps and it really, it has its benefits, but it has its faults, but it's, to me, it's what you Mm. make the most of the city. You know, if you're really trying to meet as many people or meet people in different industries, like you will, um, especially during, I'd like to say my (laughs) clubbing days of New York city, you know, there were people that I asked, I, I asked, yep. I asked, um, it's funny. I asked a celebrity. I had no idea who he was. I was eight. I was like TBT 18, don't tell anyone, but um, I was in a club and I asked the celebrity to take a photo of me and my friend. And uh, another friend of mine was like, do you know who that is? And we were like, nope, we have no idea who this is. And it was like a famous rapper and we had no idea. We were just like mm-hmm. young and, you know, at some point in New York City, it just, there's something about the city that also keeps you alive to where you feel like anything is possible. And I think that's the biggest thing that Mm. we all miss right now to where the pandemic has kind of taken over and, you know, we're limited. And I give people credit, honestly, that have stayed in the city during this pandemic um, because I I personally Mm -hmm. think I would go crazy, Uh, you know, if I was living in my Brooklyn apartment, I didn't have a backyard or I didn't have the space that I have here. I definitely would have gone insane by now. So for anyone that has stayed, you have kept strong the whole way and you should applaud yourself because it's amazing. (laughs) Yes. Applaud yourself. (laughs) Seriously. And I, I feel you on that. I mean, I will say for me, I live in a building where I do have a balcony. I do have a a rooftop and even like a a huge lobby, like Mm -hmm. co-working space. But had I had I not oh, that's had great. these amenities, you know, not exist, I think I would have lost my shit because I don't know how people are surviving now. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that are living in these like they're literally just cooped up in their apartment. I don't know how they're doing it. Yeah, I mean, I have a friend that she um, just moved to like the Upper East Side. And I again, I looked at her and I'm like, I give you so much credit. And she's like, Oh, no, I've been visiting my parents (laughs) a lot. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just it's one of those things where, you know, if you've stayed in the city, make it like I said before, you make what you get out of it. So if you're making the most of it, and you're doing the most things that you can at this Mm -hmm. time, do it Um, again, to keep yourself sane to keep some sort of normalcy in all of our lives so again I applaud you because I can go outside in my backyard and lounge if I really want to and my my Brooklyn apartment before you know there's no mm-hmm. way I would have been able to have done the things yeah that I've been able to do the here. only well I don't say the only thing but one of the things that I've been trying to do more is also explore the New York, New York state or you know nearby mm-hmm. um I don't know, like getaways, little towns. I feel like that has been fulfilling me in terms of escape because I have always been a traveler. I love it. And this is actually the longest I've been without Mm -hmm. traveling. (laughs) So yeah, it's it's been tough. (laughs) I feel you on that. So I want to take a moment now to just acknowledge your presence and for showing up and for saying yes. I think um, it takes... You know, I randomly slid into your DM (laughs) 
and you mm-hmm. could have easily <laughs> won and not replied or two just thought that was super weird but I just thank you for taking time <laughs> no. out of your day to just like again showing up is a big deal you know people don't realize that but it really is it takes effort mm-hmm. it takes energy and you need to be engaged in a conversation and that it, that takes you know I applaud you for that so I thank you for for coming on and talking with all of us well no thank I mean thank you for starting this podcast because I will say that if if my 18 year old self had listened to this podcast of, you know, the highs and lows of New York city and, you know, how to navigate it and what to do with it. I definitely think, you know, a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have made mm-hmm. <laughs> in my early twenties with living in New York. Um, so yeah, definitely. I, I mean, as much as you applaud me, I'm like, I'm need to applaud you because starting this podcast and interviewing so many people and interviewing so many great people and <laughs> sliding into DMs and everything, it's worth it in the end because there are people, you know, think of the 18, 17, 18 year old that has the mm-hmm. dream of moving to New York City and finding this podcast and hearing, you know, the successes from other people, mm-hmm. but also the downsides of New York City. Because I think when when I was 18 and I moved to the city, I mean, right. in my mind, there were no downsides of the city. Uh, you know, carry four blocks to the, uh, carry my groceries four blocks to the grocery store, no problem. <laughs> like, there were no downsides at that point. And I think, you know, in your teens and early 20s, you take those risks and they make who you are today. But again, if I had heard from, you know, other successful entrepreneurs or starters or, you know, just people in corporate jobs or anything, you know, the highs and lows of New York City, I definitely feel like I would have been mm-hmm. more prepared for some of the, the lows that came my way mm-hmm. and me trying to navigate it. So it's an amazing Thank podcast you. that you've you. you created. Okay, two more questions before we actually wrap this up. So I want to know, what is the one thing you love most about yourself? Ooh, uh, I'd say that I'm a good listener. Um, and also listening and adapting to certain situations. So the biggest thing, I mean, I've, like I've said before, I've lived in so many different cities and I feel like I've always been able to adapt quickly to these cities and kind of learn the ins and outs of it and what works and what doesn't, but also with the companies that we work for, um, you know, I'm able to hear what their problems are, what they really want to achieve and how we can achieve them. Uh, so I'd say, and I think, I hope everyone can agree with me that I'm a good listener and also, you know, I, I'd say I give good advice. I may not follow <laughs> that advice myself, but <laughs> I'd say I give good advice mm-hmm. and people listen to me. And, you know, I see there was a, a woman that I met at a networking event and she was in a corporate job and she had said, you know, I'm so tired of working corporate. What should I do? And I was like, figure out a plan and quit, like do it now. And, you know, about a year later she did. And, you know, we're good friends now to where I had dinner with her a couple nights ago and, you know, she's like, I wouldn't have taken the leap of faith or, you know, I wouldn't have started that plan if you didn't tell me that. And sometimes you just need someone else to kind of tell you what you're doing right and wrong um, to kind of open your eyes to saying, you know, OK, this is what I want my life to be. Mm-hmm. And this is where I yeah, want to go. Yeah, we all need that push sometimes, you know. So, yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Um, the last question is basically this is the part where you get to plug yourself. I'm obviously going to leave all of the information Ooh. of Apto Media and you know your your social media and everything uh, in the description and the show notes. But 
what are you up to? What can people be on the lookout from Apto Media or from you personally in the next three months, in the next year? Do you have any interesting projects? Anything you can reveal? Oh, yes. There's a whole laundry list of stuff that's going to be happening. Um, so like I said previously, we're kind of in this space of trying to figure out how to help smaller uh, small businesses, but let's say on a budget. Um, so we, I've recently launched, like I said, the VIP Marketer Day, um, which I'm able to go do a deep dive into you know, a small business, kind of see what's working, what's not with their market, their current marketing strategy. Or if they don't have a marketing strategy and they need somewhere to start, I give them a three-month plan uh, to kind of get them started. Uh, there's also, there'll be follow-up calls to make sure that they're on track. Um, it also includes templates to get them started. So social media, email marketing templates, all that good stuff. Um, so that's one project I'm working on or that's currently launched. Um, the other project that I'm working on is I'm going to be creating an assembly and that'll be launching in early November, to which it'll be a four-day assembly with a bunch of different entrepreneurs hearing their stories, you know, how they got started. Because uh, again, I think back to when I first started my business and I'd say even though, you know, I started it well and it worked, but it took nine months to even figure out a business plan. And I, I want new businesses or new entrepreneurs to have a space to where they can hear from other successful entrepreneurs on what they did, what they should have done, what they could have done, and also just listen about the different industries. You know, I never knew business coaching was a thing. I never knew that even like a marketing agent, well, I knew marketing agency, but <laughs> more so, you know, the smaller, like a money mindset coach or any of those uh, financial coaches or business coaches or, you know, social media content creator, you mm -hmm. know, those weren't a thing in you know 2015 16 when i started looking into the business idea and so if i had listened to other entrepreneurs on again what their industry was what you know the good and the bad uh, were i probably would have been able to kind of create my business idea a little bit sooner um so that's where the assembly comes in to where it's going to be four days of entrepreneurs kind of presenting themselves and talking about you know what they've done what they haven't done what they should have done and again giving new entrepreneurs or new businesses advice to kind of push them along forward uh so that's this assembly and then the last thing is uh, a good friend of mine um and i are going to be starting nice. a podcast i can't give too many details out so yeah we're starting a podcast soon and it's going to be about you know again entrepreneurship life the highs and lows of it we'll bring some guest speakers on so it'll be really exciting so those are my three main projects, let's say, for the upcoming months. Of course, it's always <laughs> subject to change, but those are our three main ones um, that That's we're going to be pushing forward with. It's great that you have things that that are lined up, that you're working on. I think, you know, I mean, you're clearly an entrepreneur, and that's a main common trait. I think you're always having your wheels, you know, turning. You're always doing something in the back end. So it's really exciting. Oh, yeah. I mean, as Similar to you, I'm a planner. I, you know, even at my corporate job, my title was, my last title was planner. So I am a planner to the T in which I plan everything out, make sure that my team knows what's going on, make sure that I know what I'm going on. Um, and that's really where success comes into any business is sitting down and making a plan and planning things out for the future and, you know, thinking about what your goals are and plans always change, but at least you have mm -hmm. some direction to go in. 
uh, versus just waking up every day and saying, okay, what should my to-do list be today? Uh, No, we have a plan in place and we make sure that, you know, even with our clients' goals are met and everything else is Mm kind of moving along. Yeah. And on that note, I hope you guys have a plan or create some goals for yourself. Have your, you know, those actually allow, uh, they they hold yourself accountable. That's what I always say, especially when you put it out in the universe or you tell a friend. Because that way, once you say it out loud or somebody else knows, it's almost like, okay, it it has to happen now. (laughs) So, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Annalise, for coming on and talking with all of us. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. Again, I will have all of her information in the show notes. So be sure to follow her, check her out. And if you are a small business or you know a small business that needs some marketing help, um, feel free to check out Absol Media. I hope you guys, of course. Well, thank you so much. I, <laughs> I hope you guys all have a great day, great week, and stay tuned for next week's episode. All right, bye.